This is Our History of Us. So, welcome. This is episode one of Our History of Us. Um, so, well, we are, well, now a podcast. We originally started as a diversity library um, and also now a book club. But, you know, here we are. This is the podcast of Our History of Us. Um, so today is actually kind of a great day, but also a sad day. Um, it's Saturday, which is typically Charlotte Pride, but this is our first virtual version. Thank you, COVID-19. But, you know, it is what it is. We're here. We're celebrating. We're kind of understanding history. Maybe it's a good time for that. Maybe it's a good time to reflect on where we've come from and where we're going. And it's not just about twirling in the streets right now it's also about who we are and what is what we're doing so you know happy pride everybody this is our world so this is kind of what we're going to do from here on out this is episode one so please bear with me um but each episode we're going to introduce a new member of our our history of us uh, cast um so this is episode one so you get just me and me um, my name is bran um i live in noda charlotte and i am 36 years old i am a white gay male and here i am so a few of the podcasts that i've listened to lately um, one of the most important um, is The Heart, and they've done a, a four-part mini-series called Race Trader, which has been really impactful, at least for me, um, kind of around Black Lives Matters and really looking at what it means to be a white person in America right now. And so that's been very impactful for me. Um, another one which has kind of been the inspiration around the diversity library part of what we're doing is unlocking us with Brene Brown um there's one episode it's Brene with Austin Channing Brown talking about I'm still here that's really been impactful for me and kind of um her perspective and talking about her book and the impact that we have right now uh in America and then for me also the most impactful has been This American Life, which, you know, you can hear it on NPR. I hear it every Saturday, every Sunday. Um, not in Charlotte, because our NPR station in Charlotte is very lacking. I hope somebody is listening. However, um, This American Life, episode 708, here again, is all about some of the Black Lives Matter protests in New York and then follow some of the marches in Brooklyn, and it's 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 amazing footage, and amazing just conversation in the moment. But then also episode seven hundred nine, which is called the reprieve, um, really just stopped me in my tracks. It's talking about uh, the hospitals in Michigan and how they're dealing with COVID nineteen and the treatment and and how they're dealing with all the deaths and it's just absolutely devastating i really beg every single person to go out and listen to that episode it will change your perspective on everything 
And so that's kind of where we are right now. Um, here in Charlotte, my community is, well, here in Noda, is very responsive and very responsible. And most of everywhere where I go, people have face masks on and and people are being responsible. However, you know, that's not to say that people who come into the neighborhood do have protection and are being responsible, but, you know, that is what it is. Um, but, you know, and some of the things that I've really responded to that the neighborhood is doing is putting the restrictions on people entering entering restaurants and entering bars and that kind of thing, but then also the response to places like the Noda Company Store, who has kind of been a savior through all of this, who transformed themselves from being the local neighborhood bar into being our local neighborhood grocery store. And so I can go online and order my groceries and then go pick them up literally within five minutes of me <laughs> placing my order. And everything is there and it's amazing they have been a lifesaver i hope they never stop being a grocery establishment after all of this is over because they have been a lifesaver and such a a benefit to the community especially here um in charlotte so you know thank you not a company store so also, one of the other media sources that I have been impressed with lately is uh, The New Yorker. And so the July 27th uh, edition is called Voices of American Dissent. And there's a lot of really amazing articles um, around Black Lives Matters and some more history around American history, especially in, in regards to civil rights and, and some kind of poignant conversations that have happened um, that they have been a part of so uh, if you have an opportunity please check that out and we also have that available in the uh, diversity library if you are interested so let us know and so that brings me to my next idea which is the diversity library so kind of how does that work well we have around 45 ish books right now in the diversity library around uh, Black Lives Matters issues, um, LGBTQIA plus issues, indigenous people, history, American history, a lot of different things that are just around who we are and what makes us us. So if you're interested in checking out any of the books that we have, just email us and we'll send it to you and we'll also send you access to our digital uh, journal that we want you to really take part in and add your ideas add what parts of the books really speak to you and and really resonate with you and call those things out and just start those conversations because the whole point of this is for us to learn about each other and to really understand each other better and so that's kind of the, the starting point for all of this is to just learn about each other and start having those conversations so please feel free reach out um, we have our diversity library and we also have our monthly book club meetings so please feel free reach out send any suggestions that uh, are things that you want to see or things that we could do better or differently so, you know, I'm, I'm open. We're all open for ideas. 
because this is our history of us, each week we're going to share a story from us that kind of tells us a little bit more about what has shaped us into being who we are. Uh, and since this is episode one, and this is my episode, then this is what you're going to get. One of the times in my life that really taught me a lot about myself and showed me kind of how horrible people could be and just how brutal the world could be was when I was a uh, senior in high school. Um, you know, I had already made up my mind that I'm not going to stay in the small town that I grew up in. I'm not going to live here for the rest of my life. I'm meant for something else, something different. This is not going to be my destiny. And so I didn't really take as much account of what people thought of me as much as what other people in small southern towns uh, take into account of how other people think of them. And so that was me. I was just a senior in high school who didn't care what people thought of me. And so I also had a lot of art electives my senior year because I believe I only had to take senior English to graduate. And so all of the rest of my classes were art electives and just bullshit classes that I had to take because, hello, thank you, public high school. So, you know, I had this one class and this one amazing art teacher who had was fresh out of uh you know grad school art teacher first gig and he was just totally open to whatever any of us wanted to do and so this is kind of the stage for what happened he set an art assignment for a mixed media project that could pretty much be anything you wanted it to be. And so for me, when I hear mixed media and whatever you want it to be, that's just like, okay, cool. I've got this. No problem. See you next week. But, um, you know, so I didn't think anything of it. But I went to the good old internet, which back then in the 90s was dial up. And I can remember the sound just like it was yesterday of dialing into the internet and getting a connection to the world, especially being in a small southern town with no connection to anything possibly whatsoever, period, the end. So I went on the internet and found a pretty interesting poem, and I'll just share that with you so you kind of have an idea of the basis for all of this. The poem is called does it matter? My parents asked if I'm gay. I said, does it matter? They said, no, not really. I told them, yes. They said, get out of our lives. I guess it mattered. My boss asked if I'm gay. I said, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I told him yes. He said, 
You're fired, faggot. I guess it mattered. My friend asked if I'm gay. I said, it doesn't matter. He said, no, not really. I told him yes. He said, don't, don't call me your friend. I guess it mattered. My partner asked, do you love me? I said, does it matter? He said, yes. I told him, I love you. He said, let me hold you in my arms. For the first time in my life, something matters. My God asked, do you love yourself? I said, does it matter? He said, yes. I said, how can I love myself? I'm gay. He said, that is the way I made you. Nothing again will ever matter. And so, something this simple, just something so easy and simple piece of poetry can ignite a very simple-minded southern town into being something so much more than just a simple southern town. But it started out simple, where all I did was take that poem and I painted it onto a piece of poster board and put some tissue paper on it. It was not anything revolutionary or anything that I would claim is my art today. However, it was enough to ignite an entire school on fire. So, simple enough. Uh, my art teacher put all of our works onto our bulletin board out in the hallway. Super simple, everyday art project. Nobody cared because this was a simple Southern high school. Nobody cared about anything art-wise, period, the end. However, throughout the week, it became known that apparently some people did care about the art on the bulletin board. And I heard from friends who were talking about my piece that was on the board and how it was causing a little bit of a kerfuffle, if you will, and how everybody was talking about it. And I just couldn't understand why anybody cared. Nobody cared before. Why do they care now? So then I went um, over to the bulletin board one day on a maybe Thursday and my piece was gone. Everything else was still there. My piece was gone. So I went into the art teacher's uh, room who was right there by the bulletin board and, and was demanding, where is my, you know, where's my piece? Like, why is it gone? What's going on? What's the deal? 
and he basically told me that I would have to talk to the principal and that it was out of his hands. And so that kind of brings me to one of my points throughout all of this is that, you know, educators are there to protect us and to develop us and to ignite our creativity and to teach us to be the best versions of ourselves. But when educators just stand by and don't do something, when something wrong is being done to somebody, that's a problem. And I know I grew up in a small southern community and a small southern high school, and so I don't expect anybody to go out of their way to actually do something right because they don't know any better, and it is what it is. But that's also another uh, story for a whole other podcast, and we'll get into that later. But, so this was kind of the basis of where my story is. Um, my art was taken, and so I went to my next class, and I made a simple uh, postcard that said, censorship is murder. Didn't mean anything by it. I only meant that censoring somebody is the same as murdering them. You are murdering their voice in the artistic community. And so all I did was simply walk over and place that onto the bullet board in the place of my art that had been removed and nobody could seem to figure out where it went. And promptly, within 30 minutes, I was escorted to the principal's office with the SRO officer who claimed that I was making a threat on the school and that I was making a death threat to the school. And I said, you people are absolute idiots. I am literally making a statement and you are the most ignorant people I have ever met. And yes, obviously all of this was more than all of the simple people of my southern simple high school could fathom. So, you know, that was that for the day. And, you know, the sad thing is I never told my parents any of this. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't even handle me being gay, you know, let alone any of this. So, you know, it was what it was. But this is one of those events that really kind of made me who I am. I saw how just ignorant people can be and just how stupid people could be. The, the, the reason I was given that my art was taken down was because people uh, who I later found out were claiming religious uh, issues with my piece of art, which was a poem, was completely unfounded. And so the fact that a simple Southern high school in a simple Southern community could cite the fact that religious concerns were a reason to take down a piece of art that's just you know that that just tells me the level that we were at then i mean this was 1999 so i mean yes things have changed but no things haven't changed So the next thing that happened was I just let it ride a little bit. Um, I just kind of wanted it to go away. But then I started to get emails and messages from people who were former students who heard about what was going on and wanted to help. Um, there were, you know, former guys from my soccer team, um, other guys who had just been in 
my school a year or two before who heard what was going on. I don't know how they found out, but they sent me messages like, do we need to come down there and kick somebody's ass? Do we need to come down there and help? And I said, you know, not yet, but I appreciate the support and I appreciate you reaching out. And that kind of set the foundation for everything that I've done the rest of my life with trying to be an advocate and trying to be uh, there for other people who, especially people who needed help, people who didn't have a leg to stand on or needed something that, that they didn't have. So that was kind of the catalyst and set the stage for me being an advocate for the rest of my life. Also, it taught me that because I was a stronger person than maybe other people were, or just because I didn't care, because I knew I wasn't going to be in this small town for the rest of my life. I knew I was destined for something else, something more, something not this, that I started to just be as crazy as I could be. I would dress as crazy as I could. I would wear whatever I felt like, whenever I felt like it. I did not care what anybody thought because who cares what these simple-minded people think in a small town? And also, more importantly to me, being as weird as I could be because I was a strong person meant that somebody who was not as strong as I was could see that this guy can be this wackadoo person and he's totally cool with it. And he looks great doing it. And he's having fun. They would see that and think, hey, I could do that too. I could be comfortable in my own skin. You know, I was comfortable in my own skin. I did not care what a single person in my town thought about a single thing I did. But I wanted to show other kids that they could feel that way too. Who cares what people in a small town think about you who cares what people in a small town think about your sexual orientation what does that have to do with anything what does that have to do with the rest of their lives who are going to stay in that small town nothing so i started getting letters from people in the community also people would come up to me in the hallways and just give me letters that family members or their mother or you know other people had written talking about what was going on right then saying you know we've heard what's happening we support you hang in there don't give up and that was also eye-opening for me that wait a minute there are people in the community in the small town who first of all, even know what's going on, and second of all, think of enough of it to reach out in this kind of way, it was just absolutely eye-opening to see this kind of community and support. And it also showed me how much I do love the small southern community that I grew up in because it does have these positive pockets of people who are just, you know, it, it, it is the essence of, of, of who I am. So that went on for pretty much most of my senior year. 
Um, and then when we got to graduation, that's when I kind of started to see a real change. Uh, a week before graduation, I started to have people really coming up to me and telling me that, you know, their family heard what was happening and really supported me and wanted me to know, you know, don't give up. You're beautiful. Don't stop. Giving me letters and, and really just helping to support me. And it was, it was such a beautiful thing. And I remember one of the most uh, poignant moments of my senior year was, you know, after graduation, on that day, after walking across that stage, which I literally could not stand because I couldn't stand being in that community, at that school, in that place with all these people who just feel like it's their place to tell me how they feel about themselves, about me, like I care. But walking across that stage and then after the ceremony and then having all of my friends plus 20 other people wanting to go to lunch with me for graduation and having an entire humongous table full of friends and happy faces and happy stories and just all of that fellowship is just something that I will always remember. So it's just at the heart of all this evil that we have, the essence of it is finding what is true and finding what's positive and the light within all of that. And you'll find it. I found it. Even in my darkest days in high school, there was also that light there. And it really just helped me to see how people really are. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, you know, sometimes wish I would have gone to art school for high school. Well, no, I do every day because I would be in a totally different place right now and in a different person. But if I would have gone to art school in high school, would I have really seen how horrible people are? Would I have learned all those lessons? No, I may still just be jaded in a glass castle and not really understand people, but I do. I've seen how horrible people can be, but I've also seen how amazing people can be. So that's my story. For episode one, this is our history of us. I hope you have taken something away from this. I hope I haven't bored you to tears, but thank you for listening. And I hope you tune in again for another very personal story. Thank you.